0: Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to another episode of the Peak and Flow podcast. Today I'm going to talk about a subject and I talked about this subject on our free moments webinar last week, yet it's an extremely important subject and that is how to support family and friends through physical, mental, personal development. Now really another way to think of this and, and way to word it is how to handle family and friends through your own physical and mental development. This is a really interesting subject for many reasons, and and I'm sure it's one that a lot of people can relate to, for a variety of different reasons. But the key thing here is that often people will go through this sort of certain development for themselves, and in doing so, they start to, as they let's say, wake up, become more aware, more spiritual, or whatever other terminology we want to use. They start to see other people not do the same thing, right? So, it's this interesting thing is that as they're growing or developing or unfolding or however we want to communicate it, they start to see in other people, family and friends usually, that they're not doing the work, inverted commas, the work, which is really interesting for many reasons. One, they don't need to. Like, that's the foundation of all of this. They do not need to do said work. Two, this is is such an interesting one because... So often in the wording, and and, and I hear it in business as well when they're like, oh, they're just not ready. There is no one right path. There is no one right path. So if I'm developing and improving in my area of life, and I'm assuming that this is the right path for everyone, then what I'm doing is projecting what I believe is the right thing on everyone else. And it goes back to that old quote of, please let me help save you or you'll drown, said the monkey to the fish putting it up a tree we do not know what's best for everyone else and so this really brings in a a really interesting conundrum because if there's any frustration in family and friends not getting on your bandwagon that frustration or replace frustration with any other form of emotion or um sensation or you know negative emotion that doesn't it's not in them it's in you. That frustration's in you and pointing to a shortcoming of yours, not a shortcoming of theirs whatsoever. So why am I so invested in what other people are doing? It's like, well, I want the best for them. It's like, how do you know what's best for them? Right? It's like, well, I've I've, I've read the research. It's like, if we aren't able to walk in this person's shoes, understand their intergenerational, like cultural not just culture as in like different ethnicities. I'm saying culture as in like a family culture. Like my family culture is going to be different to the family culture that lives in a different suburb in the same city that comes from the same Anglo-Saxon background. There's different memes. There's different and meme, by the way, just means like values. Is another another concept for that, right? So meme was first originally coined by um, Richard Dawkins in the book, The Selfish Gene. And it just means uh, a thought or something subjective that can be passed on through. So have generations in the sense of not just uh, genetic generation, like father, son, so on, but in from one person to another. And that's all that meme means. And an internet meme just means that it gets passed on through multiple people through the internet. That, that's all it's really pointing to. But because there's all of this background In every single person's life, when we look at them thinking that they need to or should be doing something, what we're fundamentally missing is all of their background. And so here's what we're not doing. Even though we may attempt to help them, what we're not doing is supporting them, checking in with them, and seeing if it's even of interest to them. Because I'm sure, I'm sure that many people four years ago, it wasn't of interest to them. They're like, I wish I found this out four years ago. That's like getting to year 10 and saying, oh my God, this makes so much sense. I wish I learned this in year five. It, that's not how it works. It's an unfolding. Now, I want to share something with you. And this was something that I read in the book Religion of Tomorrow by Ken Wilber. And I shared it with my wife. And it's a really, really beautiful and succinct point. I probably should have got it up before I started the podcast, but we're here now. And what Ken says in this is, Further, they understand that a person has a right, they meaning the individuals as they unfold, that a person has a right to stop growing at virtually any stage and its view. Think worldview. And thus, each particular view will become, for some people, an actual station in life. And their values, needs, and motivations will be expressions of that particular view in life, for life. And thus, a truly enlightened, inclusive society will make some sort of room for traditional values, modern values, postmodern values, and so on, understanding that every stage of development is a potential station in life for large numbers of people, and thus, room must be culturally and socially made for that." We do not know what's best for anyone else. But if the attention is going outside, why is that a pattern for you? It doesn't mean you shouldn't provide opportunities if people want to opt in. But if there's any form of frustration, if there's any form of this idea of handling, then that's the kind of thing that that issue sits within you, not within them. I'm assuming there might be an issue in them with finding you annoying if you're <laughs> trying to push this stuff on them. I don't know about you, but I've definitely experienced being the annoying one and also having people come to me a lot of me like you should be doing this you should be doing this, you should be doing this the thing though is that maybe at the time i just wasn't ready for a whole variety of different reasons because of where my attention was and so this is the big thing about pacing and leading is simply where is this person at and firstly first and foremost where am i at that's what's most powerful so at the core of it it is their unfolding if you really want to help them maybe ask them in what way can I support your own growth? Let them have a say for it, right? Because if we're if we're just taking the horse to water and it drinks because we took it in there, it's probably not because it was thirsty. It's probably because it's just trying to appease me. It's really important to understand that. There's a story I remember from one of the I think it was master when I did master prac um, master practitioner NLP um, with the coaching room many years ago. And one of the guys shared a story, he did NLP prac beforehand as well, Master practice the next stage. And he shared this story that he actually really struggled to be with his housemates. Like the kind of conversations they were having, he just ended up being like, I'm out and just walked to his room and kind of like, I'm, I, I can't deal with that. What he was unknowingly doing was turning his, let's call it enlightenment into spiritual materialism. Now, let me explain spiritual materialism. Spiritual materialism is, I'm more spiritual than you. I have more spirit than you do. And I can't deal with your less spiritness. We're making spirituality a material a thing that you could potentially have more of. Like like as if they're stamps or matchbox cars or shoes. No one is more spiritual than anyone else. It's not possible. The way that I describe it is that there are things that get in the way of our spirit showing up. It's like the light of everyone's spirit is exactly the same. Some people have more lampshades. And these are the things, and usually they're they're identifications with our personality structures. This is just the way I am, accept me or not, that type of thing. This gets in the way of our spiritual light, if you want to give it that terminology. And so... The work really is actually not trying to get rid of other people's lampshades. That's their job. The work is releasing our lampshades, dissolving our lampshades so that we can be more present. This is the whole idea of like, people, it's not about going, my goal is to be more present. The present is always occurring. It's like, my goal is to be breathing. It's like, well, you are breathing. What's getting in the way of you actually continually breathing? What's that, right? Well, it might be stress and then I hold my breath or something along those lines. It's like, well, we need to deal with the stress. It's the same with being present. So present the present moment and being present is always available. What gets in the way of us being present? Because that's, that's where the work is. That's what we need to deal with. And we need to be able to release our own lampshades rather than trying to project our values onto somebody else's about their lampshades. Because usually, that's our lampshade we're seeing, right? We're just projecting it onto them. But, the key message here is that when this frustration arises, look inward. Why am I getting frustrated? Why do I feel the need to pass this on to someone else? Is there a projection here or is it an offer? Is it simply just an opt-in and I hold no emotion to whether or not this person does it or not? That's very different. It's a very freeing space and a very helpful space to be in. Because what it also means for the other person is that you absolutely hold no judgment regardless. of what, You'll love them regardless, not just because you say it, but a genuine expression of love. A couple of questions that's worth asking with this is that, in my experience of this other person, family, friend, or similar, is there compassion for their stage? Is there patience for their stage? And if not, the question that comes to mind is, am I lacking this within my my relationship of self? Is there compassion with my relationship of the stage the other person's at? Is there patience with where the other person's at? And if not, do I have compassion for myself and where I'm at? Do I have patience for me where I'm at? Because my guess is for a lot of people, it's going to be a projection, right? I want you to improve like I want me to improve, but I may lack the compassion to just appreciate this is where we're at and meeting me and meeting you where we're at. And the beauty of that is that development is a messy, murky, bumpy, beautiful, perfectly imperfect process. And at the end of the day, we're all just walking each other home. And on that note, team, I'm done. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you'd pass on to someone else that you think would also enjoy this podcast. You can find out all about our retreats, our events, my book, all in the show notes. Otherwise, that's me done. I'm out. Until next time, peace and pizza. I'll see you soon.